Oklahoma, Texas, approaching Saturday, 11 a.m. We're going to have a big day and big D on Friday as well. Tell you about that here in a little bit. Uh, but we want to thank again our opening hour sponsor, Mr. Tim Lasher. Great Sooner, great company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need uh, heating and air work done, uh, give them a call. They'll do a great job for you. 405 579 3113. That's 405 579 3113. Parker Thune, as we uh, get closer to Oklahoma, Texas, are you feeling uh, better about the Sooners' possibilities at all, or are you feeling worse at this juncture what's what is the state of parker thune right now can i say neither because until we have a tangible update on dylan gabriel's status i'm still kind of maintaining my ground in that regard which is i'm not especially optimistic but i'm still going with oklahoma this weekend because of the drake dyke and doom so that's where i sit the drake dyke and doom is very powerful uh, it, it, you know, he's he's not been able to get any points in the uh, Ref Royal Rumble in our locks of the week in our upset pick, and he went with Texas at minus six point five. Now the number, the last number I saw, it was up to seven. It's kind of tough to get over seven because you get that half point, but we'll see. Now here's what's going to happen: Texas is going to win by three. <laughs> And then Drake's yeah. going to be right. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to be wrong. We are uh, waiting to see what is the worst curse you can have. Is it the curse of the white buffalo or the Drake Dyken doom? We will find out. All right. We also, uh, as always, want to hear from you guys. Do a great job each and every day right here on the program on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at uh, 405 Five seven nine. My my bad. That's six five one thirty four thirty nine. We got so many numbers. You know, it's difficult. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. The Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right. Um, so you were at Brent's press conference yesterday. Some people thought he was a little bit more feisty than normal. Some people thought there was a little bit of a shot at Muleshoe for the uh, the act of God Kansas win last year, and kind of pointing out that hey. A lot of these games could have gone either way last year, and Oklahoma found a way to win. Uh, what did you make of all of that stuff? Did you take it as such, or did you think it was, nah, no big deal? No, I didn't really think there was any uh, malicious intent behind those things. Yeah, I didn't either. It was just kind of, I, I, I was surprised yesterday by how upbeat he was. I think a lot of people felt that way. Now, you're coming off two straight losses, the second of which was by 31 points in one of the worst defensive performances in the history of your program. And, you know, we had talked about, and I, I, was it last week I mentioned this? It might have been in the post-game podcast that I did with Brandon Drum at OUinsider.com. But regardless, uh, I always, at, after a game like that, I always think about the scene from Moneyball where Brad Pitt, as Billy Bean, walks into his team's locker room as they're partying after another loss. Because at this point in the movie, they're kind of spiraling. And he grabs a bat and slams the stereo system. The music stops. Everything stops. And one of his players is standing on a table dancing in the locker room. He makes him get down, and then he asks him, is losing fun? And makes him answer the rhetorical question. No, losing is not fun. And then he goes, what are you having fun for? So I feel like that's... That's what people expect Brent Venables to be like amidst all this. But at the same time, 
I think the overarching message, not just from Venables, but from everybody we've gotten the chance to speak with early this week, is that, hey, look, we have to keep morale up. We have to keep believing in ourselves. We can't get too down on our luck at this point because this is the most pivotal game of Oklahoma's season every single year. And this really comes at a natural time for them to turn things around, flip the switch, and either get rolling down the home stretch and contend for a spot in the Big 12 championship game with a nice late season run through conference play. Or if you drop it this week, Steely, that's your first three-game losing streak in almost a quarter century, and it does not bode well from there on out. No, it doesn't, and things could really go south. And, again, that's where we're talking about preserving the recruiting class and stuff like that comes into play. Just trying to get to a bowl game, trying to win six games, man. And you talk to a lot of Sooner fans right now, and they'll say, six games? Are you crazy? What three other games are you going to win? Now, normally I've been doing this long enough because I'm a bit, I was around since the time of the uh, the dinosaurs. The asteroid missed me. But the – a lot of times when a situation like this pops up and it's doom and gloom, it's never as bad as you think it is. No. And I can remember even talking about, man, this Oklahoma team might win seven games and they would go on and win ten somehow. But the difference is the way TCU throttled Oklahoma last weekend, where it could have been worse than actually 31. It could have been worse. So that's what has people worried. Let's hear from Bob Stoops. He was on the uh, Rush Yesterday, this will be our ortho central clip of the day talking about, man, you got to just have faith in the process and Brent Venables. Where I would ask people to give it, have some patience. Brent's going to need time to, to rebuild this whole roster. I think the 46 of our, of our 100 guys are, are all new this year. So we've got a lot of inexperience, and it really showed last week. I, I believe we'll get better. I believe in this coaching staff. And, and uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of this program that, that our guys will respond and, and improve and get better through the year. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to take, but I think we've got to be a little bit realistic about it and just be positive that we can re- keep building it and keep improving it. And I believe this staff, through recruiting in the next year or two, will continue to build our roster back where it needs to be. All right, and that is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central, proud to welcome orthopedic surgeon Joshua Wilson, MD. Dr. Wilson specializes in sports medicine and currently is accepting new patients right now in Norman and Newcastle. You can call 405-360-6764 for an appointment today. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Look, Bob Stoops has forgotten more football than I will ever know. And he's right. There are a lot of new uh, players on that roster. But Woody Washington's been around for a while, right? And again, he's in position to make a play on the football. Instead, he's tackling receivers. So even some of the veteran players just aren't getting it done right now, Parker. And uh, you can fully realize why the Oklahoma fan base is very, very upset right now. I mean, Sooner football has about a highest standard as you can get. And if you throw out what you threw out against TCU last week, fans are not going to be happy, period. By the way, did you hear our show has been renamed? No, I did not. Yeah, per the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Really? It's time for the Sunshine Pumpers Club at Noon. (laughs) This listener did acknowledge, however, it's okay to pump sunshine today because it's Barry Switzer's birthday. 85 years old. Yes, happy birthday to the king. 85 years old. 
Well, you know, we've uh, – look, I, I did pump a little sunshine. I raised my hand and ple- pled guilty uh, the other day right in front of the judge and jury. But uh, I'm looking for a little bit of leniency because a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, feel pretty good after Nebraska. And Parker, you know, was Nebraska totally fool's gold? Is that what we're looking at? I don't think so. Not entirely, Steely, because you can look at that performance in Lincoln objectively and say, that was a really good game for Oklahoma. There's a lot to like in that game. A lot to like. It doesn't. It's not all on the opponent when you look at what Oklahoma accomplished versus Nebraska versus what they've accomplished the last two weeks against Kansas State and TCU. That's not just a discrepancy in the quality of the opponent. The Sooners objectively played significantly and substantially better up in Lincoln than they have either of the last two weeks. And I don't know what got lost in translation between Nebraska and Kansas State. I don't know what happened to shift the sands or muddy the waters for this football team, but they've got to rediscover their identity. And that's what it boils down to heading into this football game. Because if you emerge from the Red River Showdown, a 3-3 three and three team devoid of identity and momentum, in this year's Big 12, it is going to be a struggle the rest of the way. No doubt. But if you can rebound, you can win, you can get the train back on the tracks – who knows, Steely? We've seen this team get hot before, specifically each of the last two years, after a climactic emotional victory in the Red River Showdown. It feels like this team is teetering off the edge of a cliff right now, right? And they could go over the cliff if they really get beat badly by Texas. Now, if they play well and they lose a one-touchdown game or something like that, but you see a lot of improvement, I think some fans would take that. Look, losing to Texas is never easy. But based on what we saw last week, you know, I think a lot of Sooner fans just just go down there and be confident. Give Texas a game. Show that you've got fight in you. And I don't think this has been about fights or efforts. There are plays, I'm sure, you know, you can always look at and say, well, that guy didn't give his best effort. Maybe that's the case. But I think overall, the effort has been there. The discipline and the execution has been horrendous. I mean – the last couple weeks. Particularly, it got even worse after we thought it couldn't get worse after Kansas State, but guess what? It did. How different do you think this team... How different do you think the mentality is coming out of the locker room this Saturday, knowing they're the underdog? Because the reality is, for most of these guys, that's not a situation they've ever been in before. I think technically they were underdogs last year in Stillwater, but it never really felt like it. Yeah. And so if you read what like over the course of everybody's collegiate career at the University of Oklahoma, I don't know if there's been a game like this that any of them have participated in where there was an understanding and a consensus going into the football game that the other team is more talented than you. They are playing better football than you. They are the favorite to win the game. I don't know that any of them are used to that. Yeah, that I, could be know, a blessing. That could be a curse. It could be. And you know what? I think that uh, we can throw an opinion out there, but I don't think any of us have any answers. I mean, this whole – it's like the JFK line, Joe Pesci. This whole thing's a mystery wrapped in an enigma right now after the last two weeks. All right, we've got a lot more. I, I got some interesting uh, DMs yesterday. 
Oh, really? Yeah, late in the afternoon, then I want to talk to you Interesting about Interesting DMs. And I think that's, I, that's, that's, I, uh, this could be going a variety of different no, directions. No, no, it, it concerns OU football. Okay, okay. Me. It concerns OU football. And both of them are like, all right, I kind of heard this stuff before. But, you know, I got one that was about the same from a source last year, too. And I want to talk about it when we get back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Again, they'll do a great job for you. Tim Lasher and his company, super reliable like he was on those big kicks and so many big Sooner games. 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Coming right back and at least 100 texts rolling in so far on the Air Cover Solutions text line. We'll be right back. Uh, the Sooners have an opportunity, maybe, if uh, Dylan Gabriel plays this weekend. That's very much up in the air. We won't find out maybe until, who knows, could it be game time? We'll see. All right, before we get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, welcome back, everybody. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, a couple DMs that I got yesterday. Uh, this one, it was kind of like, okay. Uh, Brent's tough approach only works when you win. Tough to deal with when you lose. And I answered back, isn't that any approach? (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier to deal with when you win as opposed to when you lose. Just in general. Now, this one was interesting. Got it from a good source. The locker room has been lost already. And I'm like, really? Okay. And he said, just what I heard. Now, I will say this, this same source last year, and this was before OU had lost to Baylor and Oklahoma State, uh-huh. told me early in the season, remember when Rat, everybody was struggling and why is Oklahoma, why are they going down to the wire with Tulane and Nebraska, said big problems in that locker room. Which there were. Yeah. I don't know. You buying that already? I mean, I'm look, players could be um, – very disappointed. Uh, sure. You get that. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, could they be shaken in their belief of Brent Venables this early on after five games? I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but I'm not buying that yet. No. I'm not buying that yet. I am not buying that yet. Based on what Way I know, too early. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a difference between the team being down and the locker room being lost. Because the team is down right now. I don't think you'll find anybody that's plugged into the program who would disagree with that. And with good reason. They just got beat by 30-plus points on the road by a team that they handed Lord knows how many of those points to. Right, And that's the thing. There was, And I'll go back to the text line here because I, I want to do this text justice. But uh, John Arnold on the text line says, 
Guys, the hard truth is we played two teams that were much better than us in almost every area. The first three games, we played teams that are not at our level. Here's the thing. I don't know that that's entirely true. I don't know that TCU is that much better than Oklahoma, if better at all, in every single area. I think what happened is Oklahoma beat themselves on Saturday, more so than TCU beat them. Did TCU play a really good game? Absolutely. I'm not going to take that away from them. I think TCU's pretty good. I mean, am I saying they're going to win the Big 12? We may find out a lot more about them when they play Kansas because that, you know, sounds crazy to say that's going to be a ruckus environment, raucous environment. Uh, in Lawrence Saturday. So we'll know a lot more about TCU if they go to KU and win by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, and we'll know a whole lot more about Kansas, too. No um, no doubt. But if you hand a team 350-plus yards on six plays, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to get beat. It doesn't matter who they are. And again, as we've talked about throughout the week, really doesn't matter who you put at quarterback for Oklahoma right now. If that defense doesn't get better, they're not going to beat anybody. Yeah, So. Yeah. I see where you're going with that, John, but I don't know that it entirely holds up because I think if Oklahoma simply doesn't beat themselves, I don't know if they win that game on Saturday, but they certainly don't lose by 30. I I know that Oklahoma doesn't have its best roster ever right now. And think about who you lost from a year ago. Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey, DTY. You lose, obviously, Caleb Williams, who's a tremendous quarterback. They lost a lot. Brian Asamoah has been uh, good so far in his young NFL career uh, in Minnesota. They like him. So they they did lose a lot. But do you think Chris Kleiman or Sonny Dykes, if, uh, you know, was offered, you know what, uh, would you like to trade your roster for Oklahoma's roster? I would say they would do that. Agreed. You know, and that's what we're looking at. But they just got to play a ton better on defense. Okay, let's get back to as many as we can. And, again, they're rolling in, folks. Sorry, I missed the question, says this listener. Are they saying Venables has lost the locker room? Yes, that was floated. I don't buy that. Because I. here's the thing. It is astronomically difficult to lose a locker room five games into your head coaching tenure. doesn't matter who you are. And I believe that's all the more difficult for Brent Venables, just given how much of a player's coach he is, how respected he is in that locker room, and the job that he has done assembling a staff around him to execute his vision. I still think this team is moving forward purposefully, I just think they've gotten a one-two jab hook to the mouth the last couple of weeks. I don't think the locker room's lost. The distinction I would draw is I think morale's down, and I yeah, think that's understandable. And, and that's a big difference. That, that doesn't um, mean the locker room's you, lost. You know, and look, if if they end up at four and eight or whatever, uh, and there could be some locker room loss. There could be some people in the portal at the end of the year. You know. Yeah. Well, here and here, we talked about yesterday what happened with SMU. I'm not saying that's an indicator of a lost locker room, but what that is an indication of is the fact that you got guys in that locker room who are looking out for their own interests more so than the interests of the team once adversity hits. Nothing like that has happened for Oklahoma. Everybody's still bought in. Yeah, you I, haven't I, seen any portal casualties. You I haven't... think it would be crazy to think the locker room's lost right now, bottom line. I mean, it's way, 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 way too early for that. So, And that's what I answer the guy. I go, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Keep selling the drama today, boys. I'm just telling you, this source last year got to me you know, early in the year and said that, man, there are major problems in the OU locker room. 
major problems. Early last year when everybody was wondering why is Oklahoma, and it turned out that he, he was pretty right about that. Again, I am not agreeing with this. I'm just saying that that was what was uh, was said to me, and I again I said ah not buying that yet. Okay, who's the guy who's talking about his nephew who keeps texting in? Yeah, PT. I just asked or, on the twenty four seven page. I just ate lunch with a guy from work who told me his nephew was making his first start for the Sooners in Dallas hmm. this weekend. Piqued my interest, and I asked who his nephew is, and he said Tulsa's own Jaden Rowe. Have you heard anything? I have certainly not heard anything to that effect. Uh, not, not to question you, valued listener, but uh, A, right off the bat, no, I have not heard anything that would back that up. B, if Jaden Rowe were starting... Where? Because he repped a little bit at cornerback in garbage time against TCU. But that's a guy right now that just, it's not really certain what what he is, is the best way I can put it. Is he a cheetah? Is he a corner? Is he a safety? I don't think there's a clear answer. And I think that's fine. He's a freakish athlete. Yeah. And he's going to be a big-time contributor no matter where he ends up positionally. But when you look at the cornerbacks – I think you have Woody Washington pretty firmly entrenched as a starter. And then opposite him, Kanai Walker's done some nice things. Uh, DJ Graham hasn't been terrible. Uh, Has the secondary on the whole been great? No, not by any means. But uh, if you back up to the safety position, if you have Billy Bowman, great. If not... (laughs) You got Justin Broyles behind him. He's been much maligned, but Justin Harrington's worked some at safety as well. So basically, here's what I'm getting at. I think it would be it would be out there, way out there, for all of a sudden for Brent Venables and this Oklahoma defensive staff to roll out Jaden Rowe as a starter, given the fact that he's only appeared in two games to this point as a Sooner. So I... I don't know that I would buy that right now, at least not until I get off the air and have the chance to make a couple phone calls about it. But that's just mm. – at, at face value, that isn't something I would be inclined to believe. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, again, we're going to be out in about Friday in Dallas. Toby and TJ, T-Row in the Morning Show from the Omni in downtown Dallas. Uh, that'll be 6 to 9, obviously, on Friday. Chris Plank will be on remotes. In Ardmore at Therapy to Go, uh, I'm going to be at Riverwind Casino on Friday. Parker and Travis are going to be speaking to the OU Club of Fort Worth. Dang right. And uh, then Teddy and uh, Tyler will be on uh, from the uh, Omni downtown. You guys, Parker and Tyler, you will also be on with uh, uh, Locked In on Friday from the Omni in downtown Dallas. So we've got uh, a lot of things going on. Obviously, it's a huge weekend. Oklahoma, Texas is always a great, great weekend. All right, uh, somebody is asking us percentage chance Oklahoma wins this weekend. We can break that down for you when we get back. Keep the text rolling in. Air Comfort Solutions, text line on fire, as it always is, 405-651-3439. Home of Sooner fans, Steelman and Thune on a Wednesday, right here on the Ref Radio Network.
We'll see if there's something good coming. Sooner fans need that. This team needs that, certainly this weekend. Hey, we've got something really cool coming to Riverwind Casino the night before Bedlam, Friday night, November 18th. It is the Beats and Bites Bedlam Edition, the outdoor concert series, which normally happens in the summer. We've had some great bands, you know, that have come through recently at Riverwind, including Hall of Famers, Cheap Trick. You had... Uh, Night Ranger and Starship this past year as well. Everclear bands like that. Well, here's what we have happening on Friday night, November 18th. The Bedlam Beats and Bites concert, only $5 per ticket. You can get them online at Riverwind.com. Wade Bowen will open up at 6.30, and then the Eli Young Band at 8.30 over at Riverwind Casino. All your favorite food trucks will be out there. And again, under the stars at Riverwind on a Friday night, November 18th, right before Bedlam football in Norman on uh, that next day, Saturday. And again, uh, tickets are available only 5 bucks at Riverwind.com. So get ready for Beats and Bites, Bedlam Edition, Friday night, November 18th, with Wade Bowen and the Eli Young Band, only at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Also brought to you by Phillips 66. Okay, let's hear from uh, Jeremiah Hall and Brandon Willis real quick, and we'll go right back to the text line. Talking about, man, when you're a Sooner, everybody, uh, you know, uh, is looking to go out there and not beat you, but embarrass you when they have the chance. And both of them were saying on their podcast, the podcast of the Prairie, that when you're at OU, you you know, you, you're used to winning, but you can't take winning for granted. Like, I don't yeah. understand why there is such a, uh, like you said, like a kind of entitlement to like being to winning. You know, it's, it's like we walked in there with OU on their helmet, like I said, and just expect people to lay down. But we, be, me and you both know from experience that that actually is a, a big old target. Like, you know, it's like people yeah. like young guys – look at that and see that like they think that people are going to lay down when they see that but like most people see that as a big old target like that's a bullseye oh, I'm oh finna, you know hungry. what i'm saying we could that's a super bowl right there mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we could beat them you know so um i just think that everybody has to come hungrier man can't be the same one two three you know four guys or whatever as doing it has to be from everybody you know and that's the only way i feel like we're gonna get on pace is when the whole team gets on the same mind frame in terms of that then we'll be we'll get back on pace, you know. There you go, uh, Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, and uh, that's from the podcast on the Prairie, which is pretty good. They do a great job with that. All right, uh, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Is there any real logical point of view that can be said for OU winning this game and it have anything to do with OU being the reason, getting tired of hearing the homer take? Yeah, the reason is... And it's kind of cliche, and it's maybe not the most empirical answer, but anything can happen in this football game. We see it year after year after year. What were we all saying last year leading up to this game, Steely? We were all saying, well, there's no way it can compare with last year's Red River Showdown in 2020, right? And then what were we treated to? A game that somehow won up to the 2020 game in every capacity. So... We've learned to expect the unexpected when these two teams hit the field. And moreover, I think what gives you some solace leading into this football game this weekend is that you look at the history, especially the recent history of this football game. This game's been decided by one possession in seven consecutive years. 
regardless of how these two teams have looked coming into the game, regardless of who has been the favorite, regardless of how much of a discrepancy there has been between the resume and perceptible talent levels of these football teams, they've always played each other close. Yeah. 2015, you think that was uh, Texas had any shot in that game? Exactly. Uh, No, Texas has no shot. They end up winning the football game. Um, Here's where I'm at because we were asked, where are you? What percentage chance does Oklahoma have to win the game? Well, the big variable in this game is whether or not Dylan Gabriel plays. And to me, also whether or not Billy Bowman plays. So I'm at – if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play, 5%. If Dylan Gabriel and Billy Bowman don't play, 3%. With <laughs> Dylan Gabriel and B- Billy Bowman both there, 20%. That's where I am right now. Ross, so you're peaking at 20%. I'm peaking at 20 yes. Oof. Dang, Steely. I know. I hate to say it, but again, Here's the thing. Uh, maybe I'm a boomer doomer. Maybe I'm in total panic mode, but... You know, that was, uh, I mean, you know, you could you could look back, cut up that film, and put Benny Hill music behind it, right? Well, and here's, here's what I would add. Here's what I would add. And I'm not trying to sound like a sunshine pumper here. I understand that's kind of inevitable with what I'm about to say, but that's not my intent. We think back to—we've talked about the Nebraska game, how good that team looked. Were we all prisoners of the moment in the aftermath of that football game? Probably so, to a certain extent. What are the odds we're being prisoners of the moment with this football team after the dud that they turned in on Saturday? I don't know. The problem for me is the back-to-back duds, and one dud was even worse than the other dud. That is my problem. Um, But we'll see. Look, I'm an idiot. I mean, don't take anything I say. I mean, who knows? Uh, But And I know the nature of this series is just when you think, you know, there were some teams in there, Charlie Strong again beating Oklahoma that year. You're like, okay. That wasn't supposed to happen. But um, particularly, it, uh, Oklahoma, in my opinion, has no shot without Dylan Gabriel, and they really need Billy Bowman back. Based on, by the way, and I was listening uh, to, uh, to the rush yesterday, and I, I agree with Teddy. I don't think Nick Evers is going to play. Um, once I heard the full soundbite, would I be against that? Not totally. But the problem, I mean, Davis Bevel last week, did not look like a Division One quarterback. Now, I realize that he was thrust into a horrible situation, no doubt about it. And maybe with, you know, a lot more reps this week, maybe that can change a little bit. But how much can that change? Uh, you know, we what don't know. What if the legend of General Booty is about to be born Did in I, Dallas, I, Texas? I, I would be all for it. I mean, General Booty, he's already a hero, this a is folk hero in many ways. If he somehow comes in and – miraculously leads Oklahoma to a win over Texas, even if it's a backup role, General Booty will get a statue. As he should. General Booty will get a statue just there, uh, just of his booty. That's it. There will be children named after him. <laughs> That's exactly which right. Which seemed like an impossibility <laughs> a week ago. But, oh, man, that's that's the content we all need right now. Do you now. think we Evers is going to play? Offhand, no. I think – Again, I said it yesterday, and I stand by it. I think if you're talking about pure ceiling, Nick Evers has easily the highest That's ceiling. Really, I, I know but, some people are like, "Man, you got to roll the dice." That is a tough, tough, tough situation. That is, but I, you're throwing all your chips in the middle. You because are. You're still talking about a true freshman, and you saw it in the spring game, and we've talked about mm. it. Very much struggled to adjust to the speed of the collegiate game, 
and it's just you question whether it's there from a maturity and readiness standpoint. Yeah, the arm and, talent is there. That's not a question. Yeah, but yeah, right. Is you, he going to be prepared for? Uh, <laughs> is I he going to be prepared I'm, to see the field at all this year, let alone in an environment like this? I think you're probably going to see Davis Bevel start the game, don't you? And then I think you may get a booty call pretty quickly. What if it's the booty call from the get-go? What if General Booty waltzes on the field with the starters? I'm all for it. I I am all for it. So, Uh, all right, Steelman, is your uncle going to hunt down the Boomer Boomer Doomers? I could use the hand. Um, I could use a hand. We haven't heard from uncle since uh, last Saturday. I'm not sure where he is, what is he he's doing. Is he back in the hospital? I have no idea. We have not heard from him. Because if so. he took 41 shots of rock and roll oh, yeah. tequila That's after right. Kansas State. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. It, it must have been a rough weekend for him yeah. this time around. Evers is a, an elite 11 quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying the kid's not talented, but, I mean, for your first crack at, at you know, starting a football game to go in on a beleaguered Oklahoma team and play against Texas, who is re- – Texas, uh, I, look, this is a Texas team that has lost two games. But they did hang with Alabama. You're probably going to see Quinn Ewers again, even though Sark is playing close to the best on that deal. But they're like a confident gladiator. They're like uh, Russell Crowe coming into the Coliseum this weekend. They're ready to take Oklahoma apart. Will they? I don't know. But they would love to do that, believe me. This listener says, all this legend of General Booty talk is just stupid. We get it. He has a funny name. Keep beating the dead horse. Listen, we're allowed to have fun on this show. Contrary to popular belief. In fact, it's what we're best at doing, Steely and I. Hey, we have this, a lot of fun in this situation, man. You've got—I mean, this is uh, these are dark days right now. Now maybe the sun will come out a Saturday. Gotta have uh, a sense knows? of humor about all of this, yeah. otherwise it just becomes depressing. This listener says Parker needs to catch a ride to Big D. Leave the great white buffalo in Oklahoma. Maybe lessen the curse with distance from the game. Yeah. You know what? Today is the one-year anniversary of the Taurus getting rear-ended by a drunk driver. What? I had no idea. Oh yeah, you knew this. This is a thing. It, my it was, short-term memory right now, if we could listen in, it would just be crickets chirping. So, what happened again? But I guess, it, no, it's not Friday would be the one-year anniversary. But OU Texas week, Thursday of OU Texas week last year, I got rear-ended by a drunk driver on Boyd Street. Oh, man. Yes. Well, luckily it wasn't on the highway or something. So, what was it? I mean, not that that's a good situation, but what was – was that like a 20-mile-an-hour Collision or he something? He was probably or? going 30, 35. Golly, scary. But, yes, the Taurus kept kept hauling, man. It's still hauling. It's still functional. Hmm. If Oklahoma loses this weekend, might just have to, it might just have to drive the White Buffalo into Lake Thunderbird and bring back the I'm Taurus. already I'm, – I'm ready. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely am considering that. So, all right. Uh, do you want to take a quick break and come back and get as many texts in as we can? Let's do that. Stay on the clock so we don't have to come back with like a last segment that's like 90 seconds. That's not that's not cool. All right. Keep them rolling in. I know you guys, again, are, are trying to get through. If you're having problems, keep sending them. I promise we'll try and get to as many as we can. One guy just said, give me booty or give me death. Hmm. He's committed. Very committed. All right. Be right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref Radio Network.
You're really going Don't Fear the Reaper now, huh? Blue Oyster Cult, man. They were supposed to be devil worshippers. Zeppelin was too, though. I mean, uh, Jimmy Page bought Aleister Crowley's mansion. I think it's all rock and roll BS, though. It's just music. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Steelman and Thune here on a Wednesday. Man, sometimes life is difficult. I mean, back-to-back losses for Sooner fans. David Hicks goes to Texas A&M. Baker Mayfield stinks. And now a multimillionaire catches Aaron Judge's 60-second home run ball last night. I mean, seriously? A dude who already has multiple millions in the bank catches that baseball, gets the baseball. What's, what's going on? The Steely, end is near. The end is near. Can I can I unleash a diatribe for a second? Yes. Look, I'm a baseball guy. Always have been. Uh, that's my sport more than anything. That was the one I played for the longest growing up. Uh, obviously, I'm, I, I do a lot more football stuff these days. Mm-hmm. But baseball was kind of my first love. So I have a lot more appreciation for baseball than a lot of folks my age. And just a lot of folks in general. But why was Aaron Judge hitting 62 such a big deal? Why were we cutting into other sporting events every time Aaron Judge had an at-bat? It is a big deal, but I don't think it's as big a deal. uh, Is it a big deal, though? Is it it even all that big a deal? Uh, Because it's an American League record. Uh, To me, it's the legitimate record. I get it. It's not going to go down in the record books, and everybody has their own opinion on that. But if you're asking me, should we have been cutting in that much? No. I mean, there are so many places you can find that if you really want to see it, right? It's um, like the MLB record is 73 by Barry Bonds. Think about Which this. is not going to be touched anytime soon. That's true, but Barry Bonds grew from a normal-sized head to a watermelon-sized head uh, by the time he was out in San Francisco because of uh, the HGH. I mean, it, there was in the steroids. But I get it. It's not going to go down as the uh, record, but... Think about it this way. It's a positive for the weekend, right? You're not going to have to get the Aaron Judge cut-ins anymore during college football. And those are those were super annoying. Super annoying. It became a great Twitter meme, though. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, you I see did. that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, I did. The kick six, but Aaron Judge <laughs> yeah. has 61 home runs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Those were pretty, those were pretty funny, oh, entertaining. Man. All right, uh, let's get as many texts in as we can, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do that. Brent lost the team? Question mark. Rather, sounds like the team lost the fans with all this talk. Hmm. I don't think the team has lost the fans. I don't either. I just think, I don't th- I just think the fans have lost faith. OU fans, man, they are, you know, the ones who text in are very involved. Uh, and, again, it's – the positive ones are out there, believe me, and there are positive ones on the text line as well. I get it. I don't think he's lost the team. I don't. I do not think he's lost the team. Do I think they've lost confidence? Yes. I do not think that Brent Venables has lost the team. When OU is down 28-0 to in the second quarter, do you bring in Evers, says one listener. Hey, look, if you're down 28-0 to in the second quarter, I don't really care who you throw in at that point. Switch it up. Whatever you've been doing, make a wholesale change. Now, here's another deal, by the way, and particularly if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play, and we just don't know, 
can they play as fast as they've been playing on offense? I don't think they can, I, I, man. I don't think they can that, either. There's no way. Not without Gabriel. Not, yeah, and even with Gabriel, you know, once – if you get a quick three and out again, you're ready to convert and, you know, there's an overthrown pass or whatever again, then boom, that defense uh, is right back out there. And if they play like they played last weekend, it could get really, really, really ugly. Look, I think TCU matches up talent-wise at the skill position with Texas fairly well. Now, Xavier Worthy – uh, a lot of people would say Quentin Johnston is, you know, because of his size and everything, is just as good a prospect as Xavier Worthy. But I think TCU's receivers collectively are really good. Texas also, and you, you particularly when you throw uh, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and the tight end, Jatavian Sanders, is a big target who's having a really good year. Three ah. touchdowns already, right? There was a time he was almost a Sooner. Which Denton school was he from? I'm trying to Dave remember. Ryan. He was teammates in the same class with Billy Bowman. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then Billy flipped and tried to get Jatavian with him, and it didn't happen, needless to say. But, but yeah, to me, um, you know, Max Duggan's having a great year. And, uh, you know, he's we, – we, we saw a short – a shortened sample, a, a, a small sample size, again, from Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card is Hudson Card. But, again – uh, I don't know. Who would you take in a neutral field right now, TCU or Texas? Probably TCU. Yeah, yeah. I would take um, TCU in a you know in a, in a pretty close game. This listener says, "I hate baseball, but I was begging them to cut into our last two games." <laughs> that was that was a Hall of Fame troll from the TCU Twitter account. You have to admit, from the TCU. Oh yeah, who Twitter hit sixty two first? Yeah. Uh, are you all doing your show at the Omni on Friday? I work two blocks from the Omni. Yes, listener, we are yes, doing sir. shows from the Omni. I will be there two to three for Locked In with Tyler McComas. Uh, they won't want to play fast without DG, says Crimson47. I just Yeah, they I, won't. With, they, they can't. No way. No, with, without the guy that knows the offense the best and has run it before extensively, I don't think you can operate with that same tempo. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think you can. I don't know that anybody has enough reps in that offense to be able to run it effectively. And uh, we had uh, Patrick on the text line said, run the ball like Army, take your time, shorten the game. That's all fine and well, but you got to score early if that's what's going to happen because that style of play only works if you're playing with a lead. You can't play from behind like that. All right, thank you to uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems for bringing you hour number one here on Steelman and Thune. We'll talk about recruiting, what's happening, and uh, who's going to be at the Cotton Bowl. It's, uh, it's an Oklahoma home game. We'll get into that when we get back as well. Another hour to go here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network.
And a very happy 85th birthday to the King Barry Switzer. Man, that's my childhood right there. That is my childhood right there. Living and dying with Oklahoma football. But my adulthood is is kind of living and dying with Oklahoma football. And last week was Well, don't this, die on us, Steve. It, it was a slow, painful death last week. But uh, happy birthday to Barry Switzer. Three national championships. Uh, you know, Coach Switzer, beloved uh, around uh, the Sooner Nation, obviously, no doubt about it. Probably uh, still holding courts uh, over at Midway Deli. But, uh, man, I, the, the Switzer era of Oklahoma football, and I love the Bob Stoops era too. And, you know, you think about uh, the Heisman winners with, uh, uh, with Bob and with Muleshoe. And, but to me, still the coolest era of Oklahoma football was the Wishbone Barry Switzer era. I mean, it, it was awesome. All right, so happy birthday to Coach Switzer, 85 years old today. All right, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, considered to be one of the brilliant minds in college football on the offensive side of the ball. Is that still true? After five and seven? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I think he's creative and a good play caller. It's kind of like with Brent's situation right now. Brent is considered one of the bright, great defensive minds in college football, considered the best defensive coordinator on the defensive side of the ball well, uh, for a while. But you can't – I mean, five and seven, when you when you finish five and seven, Sark had a whole season to play out. Brent, I know people are disappointed, but they're three and two. Let's see how it plays out. Personally, I don't like the forecast that I see long-term for the rest of the season. But, you know, somehow they managed to get it done this weekend. Crazier things have happened. Well, maybe not crazier, but crazy things have happened. Uh, and if Oklahoma somehow gets it done in the Cotton Bowl, then they come back, they have their confidence back, and they beat Kansas, guess what? It's game on again. It's The season is back, you know, to a place where Oklahoma fans can feel content again and like they're, you know, moving in the right direction again. But Steve Sarkeesian versus Brent Venables, uh, you know, like I said, one of the brightest offensive minds in college football and still one of the best defensive minds in college football. Hasn't looked like it recently, but again, you can't judge for Venables based on what has happened so far. This is mainly a player's deal. Yes, uh, more than anything else. But let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about matching wit Saturday with Brent Venables. He's really good. You know, he uh, Brett has always uh, been a guy that tries to get his players in the best position. Um He's he's got that aggressive mentality about him. He's trying to knock you off schedule. Has done a really good job of that throughout his entire career. Um, and he he's going to scheme you. He's a heck of a coach. You know he's going to he's going to look at us too. We're looking at them. They're looking at us. And they're going to try to do the things necessary. And he's going to try to put his players in the best position to have success. There you go, Steve Sarkeesian talking about Brent Venables. Steve Sarkeesian is he likable? He kind of is. He's a lot more likable than Tom Herman. Yeah. Oh, Tom Herman was a complete D-bag. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, when I when I watch Sharks press conferences, they're fairly entertaining. I mean, he's not cracking jokes or anything, but he seems like a likable guy. He obviously has overcome, you know, the issue that got him, the alcohol issue he had at USC, which was embarrassing, but he bounced back from that. He seems like a pretty likable dude, in my opinion. And, look, I like Mac Brown a lot, too. Mac, I think, is a really good good guy. The The problem with Mac is he became kind of a caricature of himself with the let me answer that for Chris you know a couple years in a row but uh, Sark seems fairly likable I think so 
There you go. How many times have Sark and Venables gone head-to-head? That's what I'm wondering. That is a good question. Because obviously – okay, I'm trying to think now. So 2016, Sark was the interim OC at Alabama. Venables was D.C. at Clemson. That was the year that Deshaun Watson hit Hunter Renfro right. with a second left uh, to win that. So he was the – that was before – was Kiffin at Florida Atlantic by then? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Kiffin was there. But he was going to FAU. Is that what you're saying when you said Sark was the interim OC at that time? Sark was yeah, – so what did happen with that situation with Kiffin? But, yeah, Sark would have been the interim OC for that game. Because Kiffin – did Kiffin get fired? Did they fire Kiffin? No, he went to FAU, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm, he went to FAU and then obviously spent what was it like uh four then, years okay. at FAU and then on to Old Miss obviously. On January second, twenty seventeen, three weeks after having accepted the head coaching job at Florida Atlantic, but electing to remain as the Alabama offensive coordinator through the playoffs, Kiffin was instead relieved of his duties as OC. Oh really? There you go. So he was relieved uh, so, so he got fired for one game. There you go. And Sark was the offensive coordinator for that game. There you go. All right. Google makes us all smarter. Right? Exactly. So absolutely. Uh, and then they wouldn't have because Ohio State beat Clemson in the 2020 semifinal, right? I believe I have that straight. Was that the game where Justin Fields went nuts? Yes. Right. So that was, and then it was. So they wouldn't have faced off then. So I think the only time previously that they would have squared off. Is that 2016, or technically 2017, but the national championship game of the 2016 season where Clemson won 35-31 for the first national championship of that program since the 80s? Yeah, I, I, I believe that's that's right. That would be my guess. But, again, you'd have to – somebody on Google's Googling it right now, and if we're wrong, they're going to tell us we're an idiot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you at 405-651-3439. And we want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for bringing you our number two here on Steelman and Thune. Great selection of cars, trucks, SUVs, and used vehicles at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And a great, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. It sounds like Shark uh, Sharkeesian calls Brent Brett. I think he did. I think he just didn't enunciate very well. He, he knows. Yeah. yeah. So there A little you go. twang, as yeah. it were. Uh, was Sark the OC when Tua led the comeback over Georgia in the title game? No. At that point, he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. That was short-lived. I think it was a two-year stint. And that would not have been the year that they went to the Super Bowl. It was the year after. Yeah, because Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator that year. So Sark was OC in Atlanta for two years. Then he was the OC at Alabama once again for two years, 2019 and 2020, before he took the Texas didn't job. The square, didn't they square off uh, in 05 at the USC Nash? What? Wow, does that – does Sark go back that far as a play caller? Um, I, that was Norm Chow, who is the offensive coordinator for USC in that game. Uh, Sark was the quarterback's coach. Yeah, Brent. Brent again was yes uh, the defensive coordinator, 
But, yeah, the, the OC for USC was Norm Chow. So there you go. Yeah. Norm Chow. That's a blast from the past right there. What's he doing these days? I don't know. He's probably coordinating somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and Google him He up. is currently the head coach for the Helvetic Guards in the European League of Football. The what guards? Helvetic. Hmm. An American football team based in Zurich, Switzerland. They haven't even played a game yet. Apparently this is like an upstart league. I forget to tell you about a comment I got the other day. Um, Which was what? I was just laughing at. Who do we say the number one scapegoat uh, right now is for OU uh, Ted Vegas? Roof. Yeah, it's Ted Roof, right? And uh, somebody said to me, quote, that old man in the glasses needs to go. <laughs> and I said, Ted Roof is like, he's not old. He's like late 50s. No way. He's got to be older than that. So I said, let me Google. 58 years old for Ted Roof. But that old man in the glasses got to go. Was this person that you were speaking with, were they older than 58? Yes. Okay. Yes. to say. It's, it is kind of weird to think that there's only a five-year difference between Ted Roof and Brent Venables. Because. Ted looks very distinguished, Ted though. looks very distinguished, yes. That's the. Uh, well, Brent is like, you know, like dude's running stadium steps and, you know, he's probably eating right and all that kind of stuff you know like exercising and stuff air comfort solution sex line it seems like we can get more use out of canic even though he's still learning why not line him up on the edge on obvious passing situations and let him pin his ears back similar to how dallas uses parsons just a thought boomer i love that saying pin <laughs> pin your ears back how did a, that how did that become a thing somebody told me that was like a pig thing I mean, if you really want to go after somebody, hard charge somebody, like before you get in a fight or whatever, and uh, you haven't been in a fight, I'm sure, in a long time, if ever, and same for me, but do you pin your ears back first? I'm not sure where the phrase came from, but I think somebody told me it had something to do with pigs way back in the day, but then again, I'm not a smart man. It's kind of become a meme at this point, Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, the lunch pail guy thing. The phrase lunch pail guy, much like pin your ears back, has become kind of a meme in football circles. Yeah. It's always been, it's just interesting. Like, how did that become part of You know of what was game? always weird, too? The lunch pail guy was always a white guy. Well, exactly. You know, and that's why like, it's kind of a meme. Yeah, it's like, really? Okay. It's like Drake, Drake Stoops is <laughs> a lunch pail guy, blue collar football player, Jim Rat. Yeah. Does all the little things the right way. It's from the stereotypical school of football and athletics. So, all right, let's break right here. We got a ton of uh, texts rolling in. Uh, Oh, did you hear Stephen A. get after Baker Mayfield? It was it was quite common. Is anybody not getting after Baker Mayfield at this point? I mean, I tried to get some audio from Baker's presser after they lost to the Cardinals, and I only got about five minutes in, and I was running out of time. But apparently, he said, you know, the fans. Well, who cares about the fans? You know, as long as we we're the only ones in that line. He kind of took a Baker shot and uh, got in some trouble for that. So we'll we'll talk about that for a second when we get back as well. Are the War Pigs headed to the Cotton Bowl? Are they going to pin their ears back? 
Will they be pinned with a embarrassing defeat? Sooner fans hope not. Stay with us. We're coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network on a Wednesday, OU Texas week. We will be uh, broadcasting again uh, on Friday. It's Friday, let's party. From the uh, Omni, beginning with uh, the T-Row in the morning show with Toby and TJ. Chris Plank will be on remote in Ardmore on Friday doing his show. Uh, I'm going to be out at Riverwind Casino. One of my favorite places in the world on Friday. Uh, Parker and Tyler will be doing uh, Locked In from the Omni downtown Dallas and uh, The Rush with Teddy and Tyler also from the uh, Omni in downtown Dallas on Friday. And our pregame show again begins at 7 a.m. beginning on Saturday morning. We are uh, ready to have you covered for Oklahoma, Texas. All right, so Baker Mayfield has been struggling Four touchdowns, three interceptions on the year, a loss to the Arizona Cardinals where he was booed mightily by the Carolina fans. And a lot of that has to be that uh, comes from the fact that he's had so many passes knocked down as well. And uh, Baker said, well, you know, those fans aren't with us in the locker room and kind of took a shot at the fans. Stephen A. Smith fired back the other day at Baker. Baker Mayfield, you look Awful. Just awful. You do not look like a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Your career is in jeopardy Mm. because that's how sorry you look. I'm not saying it to get on you. I'm saying it to get you up because I know you're better than this, and I'm not rooting against you. 54% completion percentage, four touchdowns, three interceptions, as anemic, as pedestrian as it gets. Fact of the matter is you look god Awful. Awful. And let me say this. The reason why I wanted the camera on me, my brother, this ain't Cleveland and Lake Erie. I know that's a great sports town. Don't get me wrong. You can't be talking like that in the Bible Belt. We don't care what the fan thinks, the fans think. And then guess what? Because when we turn this around and we win, it's going to only be us in that locker room anyway. This is North Carolina. It's the Bible Belt. They don't play that. They'll run you out of town for your press conferences. They'll run you out of town for your quotes. You better zip it 
Like, it's not me. I'm telling you, I know that area. I went to Winston-Salem State <laughs> University an hour away. I'm incredibly familiar with North Carolina. <laughs> I guess technically North Carolina is in the Bible Belt, but I, I've never I don't really of think North of Carolina. North Carolina as a Bible yeah. Belt state. I, I guess. I it's mean, Stephen has been there. I guess he's right, but Baker has not been good. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He has not been good, and I think you are looking again. Confidence is a very important thing in what you do, Parker Thune. Right? Any any walk of life that you're in, any job that you're in, and Baker last year lost a lot of confidence, and he's still playing like a guy. Well, first of all. You know, this is probably going to be it for Baker as a starting starting quarterback in the NFL. Sam Darnold is not ready to come off IR yet. That's down the road. And I think if he continues playing like he is right now, they're they're going to go to Darnold. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Matt Corral's obviously suffered an injury. He's not going to play this year. They're, they're draft pick. But, um, you know, this could be it. Baker could maybe he could, he'll be living the Chase Daniel lifestyle if he doesn't get things turned around, which is a pretty good lifestyle to, to have, right? Make a couple million bucks a year and, you know, hold the – well, you don't hold a clipboard anymore. There's, but There's arguably no better job to have than NFL backup quarterback. That or fired football coach. Well, also that. Division one power five coach. Scott Frost is somewhere getting paid to deep sea fish off a yacht. Dude, yeah, and uh, I'm telling you. But you know what? They get paid a lot of money and uh, – Brent Vittable's got paid a lot of money. You think he's not feeling some pressure right now? Absolutely he is. I'm, I'm not saying he's cracking under it or anything, but this is what you get when you get a blue blood job like Oklahoma and you play like they did last Saturday. You know, the, the, the fans, the walls, you know, the fans think the walls are tumbling down. Some of them anyway. There's, there's a good share of positive ones too, but this is – Part of the job t- description and territory right here is that when it goes bad, man, it's tough. If, if I was a player or a coach, and I, I don't think the coaches are doing it, um, but I would turn off all social media. I wouldn't be listening to anything. Not picking up a newspaper, anything, because there's so much negativity out there um, that I just wouldn't, boom, I would shut it off. I, I don't know if the players can do that. You know, because of social media. I'm sure they try and probably want to cut it back. But, Parker, what do you think? I mean, they're, they're, they know that the fans are upset. They know they're being called terrible right now. And they've got other, you know, they're being trolled by other schools and all of that stuff. Um, I actually asked Justin Harrington about this last night. And? I asked him, hey, is it is it difficult to shut out the outside noise? when you guys are coming off a couple of games like the ones you had against Kansas State and TCU. And, you know, he kind of gave the company line, no, nah, we don't really pay attention to the outside noise. Social media is social media. You know, it's kind of what you expect when you log in. But uh, at the same time, you do find it difficult to believe that that noise isn't permeating at least a little bit. Dude, I can't watch a movie I and think- stay off my phone. And I'm a nerdy old guy. You think they uh, – I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they have more discipline than I do. Some of them. I'm, I think you want that noise to be permeating a little bit. Though. Do you? 
you want it lighting a fire under these guys. Yeah, and I just wouldn't be scrolling through a bunch of people, you know, that maybe played football up into the eighth grade telling you how bad you are. Well, I mean, right? sure, for instance, I did not go through my mentions after DJ Hicks committed to Texas A&M, right? Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. Stay away from it. It's just like at a certain point, you don't need to dig any further. But at the same time, I I do think that noise probably finds its way into the locker room somehow or another I think everybody's kind of cognizant of it and I think that's a good thing I think it should help these guys should help light a fire underneath them should help them remain motivated heading into what could be a turning point in your season this Saturday because you need this win man we talked about TCU being a must win but this is this is the definition of a must win you must win this game or things could get ugly Real quick. I like this one from the 918 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a little bit long, but it's well thought out, and it's good stuff. My opinion on BV and Ted Roof, and I will respect your opinion if you disagree. BV wanted Wes Goodwin as the D.C. Instead, he took the Clemson D.C. job, so BV went with Roof. He wanted to install his defense year one, and Roof is helping him. Next year, he will have his defense installed for a season and will hire a D.C. that knows his defense and will be on the sidelines with him calling the plays, just like Kirby Smart does. He hires young up-and-comers and micromanages them right there with them every step they take on the sidelines. I'm calling it now. Yes, I know he just became a position coach. I get it. But Chavis and B.V. will be calling plays next year right beside each other. Hmm. Thoughts? Uh, now, I, I will yeah. say this. To a certain extent, I think you're on the right track. And Ted Roof was an analyst at Clemson last year. He was. Ted Roof has never been one place very long. I think anybody that's expecting him to be at Oklahoma Mm -hmm. longer than two or three seasons is kidding themselves. He's had one head coaching job at Duke. He played collegiately at Georgia Tech. Was a good linebacker, by the way. But he's been uh, well-traveled, shall we say? Yes. And you look at his resume, he he has never stayed one place longer than a couple years. Um, but I think here's 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 where I differ from you, listener, on my opinion. I think Todd Bates is in line to be the next defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and I don't think Chavis is going to usurp Bates at least not yet. Here's what I do think: I do think there's going to come a point in time at which Todd Bates is up for a big time head coaching job, and at that point, he's probably going to get an offer, much like the conversation that we've had for months and months with Jeff Levy. At some point, he's going to get an offer that's too good to turn down. And much as we've discussed what the contingency plans might be if Jeff Levy is to move on and you need to find a new offensive coordinator, we've talked about some of the names that uh, Oklahoma might pursue if that were the case. At OU right now, I think you have your next defensive coordinator on staff once Ted Roof is gone, I think that guy is Todd Bates, and I think you have your next defensive coordinator on staff once Todd Bates is gone, and I think that's Miguel Chavis. It's pretty apparent if you listen to Miguel Chavis talk, he's in it for the long haul with Brent Venables. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, and the bottom line on guys like Todd Bates and Jeff Lebby, you know, if they, they drop off 5-7 and seven this year or worse, uh, they're not getting any jobs, you know, for a while. Uh, we'll see. And I think, uh, again, I, I like this coaching staff. I believe in what they're doing. I really do. And uh, I still think Brent Venables is the right hire. Now, if you want to jump ship after five games, that's your alternative. That's You're a fan. You have a right to feel however you want. But I think that's way, way too early. 
way too early. All right, we're going to break right here. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Cars, trucks, SUVs, used vehicles. The greatest guarantee in automotive history. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Seth Wadley Auto Group. I'll be right back. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. It is the Ref Radio Network Wednesday edition. Appreciate you being here today. Friday, uh, most of the shows, again, originating beginning at 6 a.m. with uh, T-Row in the morning show from the Omni in downtown Dallas. Chris Plank's going to be on remote in Ardmore at Therapy to Go. Man, I need some of that. Can I pull in there? I need some of that. Uh, But again, the Omni in downtown Dallas. Be thinking about the Omni in downtown Dallas. Again, we're going to have a great time down there. I'm going to be out at Riverwind Casino on Friday. And Riverwind has some exciting new promotions for October. They always have great promotions. First and foremost, though, I want to talk about November. Because November 18th, the Friday night before Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play down to Norman in the Bedlam game, we're going to have a Bedlam a Bedlam Beats and Bites show. The outdoor concert series, you know, recently, you know, you, you guys have probably, if you've been out to Riverwind, you've probably been to a Beats and Bites show. Great food trucks everywhere, outdoors, under the lights. You know, we had some big-time bands here over the past couple years, like Cheap Trick, Hall of Fame Rock and Rollers, Night Rangers, Starship, Everclear, I mean, a bunch of them. But this is a Bedlam edition, Friday night, November 18th, uh, featuring Wade Bowen on the Beats and Bites stage at 6.30, and then the Eli Young Band headlining at 8.30. So you've got two really good musical acts out there. It'll be, uh, you know, November night. Uh, you know, might be a little bit chilly, but it's going to be really, really awesome. And Philip 66 helping uh, Riverwind bring you Beats and Bites Festival. Uh, Bedlam edition, Friday night, November 18th. Tickets are only 5 bucks. That's it. Great food trucks. They've got games for the kids out there. And uh, two good musical acts with Wade Bowen and the Eli Young Band. That's Friday night, November 18th. Bedlam Beats and Bites. Get your tickets online now at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. That's a heck of a deal. Tell you more about the October promotions again tomorrow. All right, let's get to the ear. <clears throat> Pardon me. Voice Who's crack? Not- yes, voice crackage. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's do it. <sighs> great stuff from Steely and Thune, as always. Have a great day, gents. You too, Gunny of Stutzman Army. Salute to you, Gunny of Stutzman Army. 
Parker, going off what you just said, do you think Chavis does what Brent did, stays on staff with years of experience and builds up his resume but doesn't take a head coaching job until it's the perfect fit? Or do you think if Bates gets the job, he jumps for a different opportunity like Clemson? Okay, I just trying to condense all just trying to condense that whole text into a couple easily answerable questions there. Uh, I don't think Chavis is going anywhere anytime soon. And I think he's a guy that has enough of a personality and is respected enough that he could maybe make the jump straight from positional coach to head coach. But that's a pretty steep jump, and you usually want to have some coordinator experience beforehand. So I think Chavis, offhand, I would say, is going to be around long enough to eventually be the D.C. at Oklahoma before he makes the move to the head coaching ranks. That said, I think he's more he's more of a long-term guy than Todd Bates is just because Bates already has a lot of skin on the wall. And so he is going to be in the conversation as a guy that gets looked at for head coaching jobs very soon. Yeah. yeah regardless I, of how quickly he becomes D.C. at Oklahoma. Well, yeah, but Oklahoma's got to win some more. That's for, But he's got a great reputation, there's no doubt. And, and Miguel Chavis is a super personable guy. You know, Sooner fans like him. I know Sooner fans are angry right now, just about everybody. But uh, Miguel Chavis is uh, he's got a br- very bright future. Heard Johnny Bowens is picking between either Oregon or Texas A&M. Is that true? Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. And I don't know where that report originated. I'm guessing that's pretty recent because we had several people hit the text line about it. But Four-star defensive lineman? Yeah, that wouldn't that would not totally shock me. Who uh, are the big uh, prospects again that are still trying to decide for Oklahoma or somebody else that are going to be at the Cotton Bowl Saturday? Oh gosh, uh, that's a long twenty twenty three. I'm talking about twenty twenty three. Where's Akana? Akana? Well, he's not coming. He'll he'll be at Oklahoma next week. Okay, for OU Kansas. Trying to think of the targets that are still on the board. Malachi Coleman, if you can even call him a target anymore. He's not coming, obviously. Um, Caden McDonald is at Florida, so he's not coming. Caden Bowen? The Geyer boys. There's a very good chance they're going to be there. And it's been – basically the situation is haven't really been able to 100% confirm ahead of time most weeks – where they're going to be just because they try to keep it under wraps for the most part. Uh, but there's a, there's a very good chance that the Bowens, as well as Ryan Yates, attend that football game. We'll see. But uh, the fact that they keep showing up for OU games, man, mm-hmm. that, that leaves you feeling somewhat optimistic, even though, as we've discussed, Texas A&M making a last-second push for DJ Hicks would kind of lead you to believe that they're going to try to do the same with Peyton Bowen again as we continue to talk about though girlfriends are undefeated so either the girlfriends are going to take an L and Peyton Bowen's going to be an Aggie or the kid's going to end up at Oklahoma when this is all said and done what if the girlfriend says A&M offered you how much uh okay well let's get back together and like you know, we can see each other, but that's a lot of money. See, A&M's bag men always have – there's always a strong possibility that they can sweeten the deal. You know what I mean? 
Maybe that's what was going on with DJ Hicks. I heard somebody say, well, I think DJ Hicks was playing both sides and trying to get the most NIL money. That's all it was. Which, to be fair, if that was if, if that's what was going on, mm-hmm. you can't really fault the kid. No. Right, you can disagree with it, but can't fault him. Yeah, I think it, if, if you uh, were in line to maybe make uh, what has allegedly been reported is, well, maybe up to $4 million, would you have taken that at 18 years old? I would have said it would have been real uh, hard not to. Yes, sign me. What? Where? Okay. Yes. Thoughts on whether Chavis would follow Bates, given their relationship? Should Bates eventually get a head coaching position? Well, I'm not like I'm not by no means my downplaying Bates and Chavis's relationship, but Miguel Chavis came to Oklahoma because of Brent Venables. And was very vocal about that fact. Oh, yeah. He and his wife. I remember both, he said yeah. he asked his wife, right, I want to go to Norman with Coach B. Right? Exactly. And so they were all they were all in. And he was the first one we discovered. Like, Miguel Chavis. Hey, he's, a, he's an OU assistant. And, uh, you know, very likable. Uh, very much has a, uh, a great personality. Uh, again, but you know, with all these coaching jobs right now, here's here's the goal for Oklahoma: win a football game right now, be competitive. Yeah, because yeah, no joke. <laughs> unless you start winning games again, nobody's resume is going anywhere. Well, I mean, unless it really goes south, and then it then those resumes yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, that's right in some mailboxes. That's right. You might need to be on what's the new one? Monster? No, that's long gone. I don't know. Shark on the text line says, to H-E double hockey sticks with all the doomers. I was in Fort Worth Saturday and will be in Dallas Saturday for the rooster kickoff. Boomer sooner. You should always go to OU Texas anyway. If you can, always. Now, I mean, look, I haven't been since 2013. I mean, it just don't. Wow, it's been that long? It's been that long. But, you know, we had sick parents and stuff like that that we were taking care of for a while. So a lot of stuff. My wife had, you know, open heart surgery. So it's just not – wasn't real convenient for us. And now, you know, I'm just Archie Bunker in my easy chair on Saturdays after pregame. But um, it's – I mean, there's nothing like it. And a Friday night before OU Texas is awesome. And then if you win, Oklahoma's won six of the last seven, obviously. Saturday night gets even better. It's it's the best experience. The the two things that I've loved the most, uh, you know, covering Oklahoma, Texas. I was there, you know, on the post game back to back years when Mac did the let me answer that for Chris, you know. Uh, I was there again to see some great moments, and I love that environment. It is awesome. And then, of course, going to Augusta. But, yeah, it's Friday night, again, you may get beat Saturday. Might might get ugly Saturday. But Friday night, at least in Dallas, will be a heck of a time. Man, it's it's very clear, too, when you show up that that's the only game that the Cotton Bowl hosts every single year because it is what, – what, what's an adequate word to describe the experience? Awesome. Well, chaos. Yes, if you show up a second past 7.30 on Saturday morning, you are in standstill traffic for 60 to 90 minutes waiting to park. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. And everybody's got a route to the fair park that they think is the best route. And, uh, man, it's – but it's 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 unbelievable. And, uh, you know, 
let's just hope it never gets to Jerry World because that Big 12 championship game, it was OU Texas, but it was in OU Texas. If it goes to Jerry World. If, I'm in, that's it. I am driving into Thunderbird. If it goes to Jerry World, we will enlist the assistance of the KREF Army and we will raise hell. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but you never know, man. You never know down the road. But, uh, you know, that's, again, you could talk about Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Florida, neutral site, whatever. Army, Navy moves around a little bit. Normally, you know, it's somewhere on the East Coast. But nobody else has the state fair going on at the same time in Fair Park right there. It's unique. And it's, it's to me, it's the best rivalry in college football. And uh, a big part of that is the environment. Maybe the biggest part of it uh, is the environment. All right, let's break right here. Ladies and gentlemen, again, want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring our second hour. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Don't forget, we're getting locked in at the top of the hour at 2 o'clock. A little cream. There we go. Terrific trio leading us into a break. Home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, last segment for us. You've got locked in coming up at 2 o'clock here on the uh, Home of Sooner Fans. Hope everybody's Wednesday's going along. All right. How about the uh, OU softball team tonight? Battle series tonight at ESPN Plus. Inter-squad matchup, 6 p.m. Sooners look good the other night because, well, I mean, they're awesome. Then you add uh, Alex Storacco looked really good, I thought. Uh, Kristen Deal looked really good. Uh, the freshman pitcher, I mean, I mean, come on. It's Patty Gasso and Sooner Women's Softball. They're dominant. All right. Uh, Barry Switzer, happy 85th birthday. We have the Mavs and Oklahoma City playing tonight in uh, Tulsa at the BOK Center at 7 o'clock. Saw Chet Holmgren getting up some shots. The uh, video from Cade McFarlane out there, you know, on one leg with his uh, – whatever the uh, apparatus is called that he's rolling around on. But uh, anyway, that's tonight. And uh, we do have a Wednesday night college football game, SMU at UCF tonight. Really? Yeah, because it was uh, because of the hurricane. 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 Yeah. Yeah, So that's tonight, ESPN2 at 6 o'clock. No games on Thursday. You do have four games on Friday. Nebraska, Rutgers, Houston at Memphis, Colorado State at Nevada, and UNLV at San Jose State. And Thursday night football in the NFL, the Colts at Denver. All right, you want to get to as many as we can before we get out of here? Sure, sure. Let's go. This is a very delayed response to the pin your ears back conversation. But this listener says, term comes from a dog fighting. When a dog goes to attack, it pins its ears back. Means to get real and get ready to battle and fight. Mm, Okay. All right. I'll accept it. We had a bunch of different definitions on the text line. 
Everybody had their own. Was there anything involving uh, pigs? There was nothing involving pigs, okay, Steely. Well, you, I, you were the only one that... Uh, I, all right, I'm again, I, sometimes I live in my own world pretty much all the time. What the hell are you doing talking about, Thunder? I thought this was the OU station. Hopefully that's a joke. I think it is. Since it was 10 seconds, yeah. Uh, uh, I heard on Teddy and Tyler's show yesterday that OU may run Canik out of the Wildcat. Is there any truth to that? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I don't know what that conversation was or when it would have been had because I, I only get the chance to listen to a segment or two of The Rush every day. But I'm going to venture a guess that that was probably just a joke that Teddy and Tyler were cheek, making. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this listener says, BV won't get rid of Roof. Ted will become a position coach. Loyalty. That's from Stewart. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Um yeah, Brent seems to be a pretty loyal guy, no doubt. But, um, you know, this is amazing to me, though. This is the University of Oklahoma. The greatest program in college football history since 1950 on. Yeah, you can talk about who's hot now and who's – Bama's got a great program, but you look at by just about any measuring stick, it's been OU since 1950. And to think, and I know a lot of this has to do with injuries, but to think that you're in this situation feeling this way about going to the Cotton Bowl against a Texas team that has lost two games is crazy. Absolutely crazy, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought, particularly uh, with what happened in Lincoln, Nebraska? And some of that was obviously a fool's gold. Maybe a large portion of it was, but it's just amazing to me how things have changed over the last two weeks. On the text line, Yukon Bob says, score me some tickets and I'll head down. I'm like Steely in the sense that I'm a seasoned senior citizen that hates crowds and traffic. I hate traffic too, man. Nobody. I, is there anybody who likes traffic? But like all of my friends can attest to this. I hate traffic more than anything. There is nothing that infuriates me quite like traffic. Like, well, and particularly because you get a lot of people out there who don't know how to drive, right? <laughs> yeah, no joke. I mean, they, Especially once you get down to Texas. And then I-35, of course, there'll be construction. There always is, you know. Very frustrating. do 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 uh, let's see. People need to relax about Roof. Let him and BB get their own players there before melting down. Needs two years. I'm with that. Yeah. I can get behind patience in general as a principle. But I also think, look, if, if, if things don't get better, if things don't get substantially better, people are going to want somebody's head on a platter. And I'm just telling you now, the most likely candidate is Mr. Ted Roof because people aren't – they will find anybody to blame before Brent Venables. Yeah. Whether that is fair or not. Brent Venables is going to be the last guy that falls under criticism. So the fans are going to call for somebody's head, and Ted Roof's head is going to be the one that is most easily presented. Clearwater Sooner Sarks News Conference had an air of confidence not getting that from BB. Really get the same feeling as 
last year something is going on inside that we don't know about. Hmm. That's uh, And I mean I understand your perspective Clearwater Center but that's that's just entirely speculative. You know, there's nothing substantial, there's nothing tangible. Hey, yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? I can tell you what's going on inside right now. They're a demoralized and decimated football team that doesn't know which of their key players they're going to have active for this game on Saturday. Yeah, TC, you beat them up too, man. I was surprised. TC was very physical and, of course, dirty of uh, with the hit on Gabriel. So, man, all right. Got to go down there and fight, though. It's the University of Oklahoma. I mean, come on. It's, it's Texas. All right. Uh, we want to thank, again, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Balls Valley. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sponsoring our second hour. Thanks to Riverwind Casino as well. Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. Get tickets at riverwind.com. We'll see you.